0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Talk Spotlight Series, live from the podcast studio at Grocery Shop 2019. It's the podcast series where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that are shaping the evolution of retail. And today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Grabango. Gravango partners with retailers to eliminate lines and save people time. You can learn more about checkout-free technology at gravango.com. And Listener. Listener powers transactions and better checkout experiences across the customer journey with the most advanced ultrasonic technology. Visit lisnr.com for more information. Today, here at Grocery Shop, we are excited, in the booth, our second guest of the show, to turn our spotlight on, actually, listeners, founder, and CEO, Rodney Williams. So Rodney
1: welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now you just got here right? You just you just flew in? I flew in. I landed about uh, 45 minutes ago. No.
2: I don't think you can be so casual about how you flew in because you just kind of blew our minds with like your method of transportation. Can you share with our listeners what what device you (laughs) flew in? What was your
1: mode of transport this morning? My mode of transport hopefully we can get this as a sponsor soon. Yeah let's do it. (laughs) Uh, No I use uh, JetSuite X. Uh, it is incredible. I think it's like called a semi-private, semi charter. but you can arrive uh, pretty late. Yeah. So <laughs> your flight, I arrived at the uh, airport at 8:30. I got on at 8:32. Um, I landed at 9:00. Yeah, when did you land? 9:30. 9:30. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, no, it's incredible. It's a huge uh, time saver, and honestly, um, it picks up at a different part of the airport and let lets go, so it's awesome. That's great.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. When we were scheduling this interview, I got the note from your team that was like, he's going to land at 9.30. We're not sure. He thinks he can make it though. And I was like, how the heck? I've been in McCarran <laughs> Airport a thousand times. My <laughs> wife's from here. And, uh, but you made it. So you're here. So so tell us, a little, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about the company. Let's start with the company first, yes. and then we'll do your background.
1: Great. Uh, so uh, Listener is a ultrasonic technology that we're using to power payments and transactions. Um, Yes, the technology can do a number of things. And over the past eight years, we've been in cars, we've been in mobility, we've been in ticketing. Um, But about two years ago, it became very clear that a new way to pay was needed. Um, Started to partner with folks like Visa, TickMe Financial, on actually powering this for transactions. So what it had ultimately led today, when you think about a retailer um, having, uh, you know, buy online, in store pickup, Mm -hmm. or all of these mobile wallet type experiences, we are a better solution in the QR code which provides advanced security. That advanced security ultimately leads to a cheaper transaction, whether it's a reduction in fraud or uh, even better rates per transaction. That combined with just a way more seamless and elegant experience, um, that's why you would use us over something as cumbersome as the QR code. As cumbersome as the QR code, <laughs> which is
0: fantastic. And other things too, right? There's other things that you guys also help kind of uh, uh, alleviate in terms of some of those stresses, which we'll get to. We'll probably yeah. double click or even triple click into this because yes. there's a lot of nuances to this, which is why I'm excited to have you guys on the show. But what about you? Like how, so you said eight years. Yes. And as we get into this, I think it's going to be really interesting for the audience. Like, how? who are you and how did you start doing all of this?
1: Yeah, so I mean, my background is I was a, I was a marketer at P&G, um, okay. First marketer to co-write patents. I did three patents and did really well. I worked on Pampers, the brand manager at Pampers. Go figure that. Okay. Uh, but I sold a lot of diapers okay. at, at a time where uh, everything was new for, for like that category. Um, we were the first to push really big with e-commerce. So we were 52% of P&G's total business. We were really big with Amazon, which was technically the diapers.com, diapers.com. so quizzy Amazon mom that became Amazon Prime. Yeah. I like to think that we were a big integral part of that success. Um, so, if you can imagine, creating digital products that help things sell better was something that I always did.
0: Um, what was an example of that at the time?
1: Uh, so, I mean, simplest, I remember creating one of the first e-commerce SKUs, okay. you know, when you think about how something needs to be shipped and then delivered at a home and then from a margin standpoint, things are important, Things are some things are not important, like the shiny packaging mm-hmm. on the box versus... Well, you know, where can we get savings to, you know, I did a lot of things with e-commerce packs, too. Um, For us, uh, pre-buying of diapers before the baby came through a registry programs and things like that, we were more likely to hold that consumer. So uh, one of the patents I did was actually uh, crowdfunding for life milestones like having a baby. It actually became the very important baby program that was powered by Babies R Us. And who was the sole exclusive provider of diapers? Of course, it was us. Um, so we did many things, or, or what I would try to do is many creative things to get mom more diapers earlier than she knew she needed them. Because, again, if I knew that she used, you know, bought three months' supply, she was going to probably buy six or nine. Yeah. But I did a ton of things like that to drive the business. So you,
0: kind of, you were always kind of inventive then.
1: Exactly. And if yeah, you think and that about, spirit. Yeah, why would you want to ship a big box? Because I want to lock you in longer than you. I would if you went and got that jumble pack Mm -hmm. at the grocery store. Sorry, grocery shop. (laughs) Uh, But yes, being creative. uh, But it was all about, think about how much friction I removed from that shopping experience. Right. Where you could just click and have something going. Reducing friction is a big thing for me. So how'd you go, though, from that to now payments and payment
0: technology? So friction is kind of the theme. But how'd you you find that? that path in terms of where you wanted to go next? Um,
1: As I kind of looked at the entire journey and how people were changing the way they shopped, paying for things was still very, very difficult. Okay. And identifying who you were was very difficult. As you can imagine, as a CPG, all I ever wanted was who was in store, what are they shopping for, what are they doing, Mm. and then how do I get them to check out faster? In that process, I learned that there was just a couple challenges, um, and it was connectivity. So I thought, wow, is there a technology that could allow me to identify someone easier and more elegant? And could that technology be used to also pay? Um, and when I did that, ultrasonic technology was in its infancy. Okay. And it was a company called ShopKit. who was actually one of the mm. first companies yeah. to use this type of technology. But they were just using it to identify when you walk in. And in my little you know, office, I said, you know, can that do more? And that was the original premise. And
0: how were they using it, too, to set the table for the audience? Like How, how in that instance, was it actually being incorporated? Like What was the mechanism by which it worked?
1: So instead of using like a geolocation or GPS or beacons, they essentially had an audio trigger that you couldn't hear. And when you entered the store, your phone would hear that audio trigger, and it would associate you to that particular store.
0: And is an app engaged in that instance that hears that trigger?
1: Yeah, at that time, they had a Shopkick app. It was more like a, a coupon platform. That CPGs would buy into, um, and they would give specific promotions for you being in store versus, et cetera, somewhere else. Um, got a lot of traction, but I mean, their in-store technology was built off of a very early version uh, or predecessor to Listener. Okay. Okay. And so yeah. then, what happened?
0: What what comes next in story?
1: the story? What comes next is we, we started to build, and uh, and uh, we were the first company incubated um, through P&G's startup program called Centrifuge. Nice. Um, a lot of my old managers were my original angel investors. Okay. Um, we took. A, wow, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, we took. A, we always wanted to get here. We took a long journey here. The technology, and, and eight years ago, there was no not the level of security required for ultimately do it. It needed okay. to do. Okay. So it needed a lot of development. So in the beginning, we started off just doing marketing messages. We started off with second screen experiences. We then moved into authentication, like ticketing, um, and then. Uh, we actually were the first company to win Visa's Everywhere Payment Initiative. It was about driving payments in more places than ever before. Um, and we, would, we won that, I would say, like 2016.
0: Okay, 20, and three years ago.
1: Three years ago. And I would tell you that we then started to work privately with all of the top payment companies on what would be needed for this technology to ultimately power a wallet. Think of us powering Apple Pay versus mm-hmm. NFC or us powering Starbucks, QR code experience, et cetera, that QR code. So it's been a lot of development. And then I would tell you maybe about even 15 months ago, we almost paused everything. And if you weren't a retailer or payment company, um, we, we, we didn't work with you. Why? We, it was the biggest opportunity. I mean, we could do a lot of things, but, you know, with limited capacity, we wanted to go after what was going to drive the most value for the company. And it, there was a, there's a serious demand quietly happening, and we can either get in front of it or we might be too late. Um, and I, I, can, I can tell you the makeup. That it's really simple for us. Uh, mobile payment transactions and retailer-branded apps are growing rapidly, way more than Apple Pay or NFC transactions. And if you look at the symptoms, it's because... Yeah, why do you think that is? Yeah. Well, obviously, everything that Apple is doing is restrictive to the retailer, so they're not so upfront with certain information about the customer, um, and you have to use their ecosystem. Mm-hmm. If I want to build loyalty, I want to build omnichannel effect, I need to know who that person is as early as possible, so that's enough for me to have my own wallet and experience. Now, uh, if I do have my own wallet, who's helping me with that transaction, right? A lot of the payment companies haven't stepped up yet. Um, so you have Starbucks' the system, which was completely built in-house.
0: They did it themselves. They did it
1: themselves. And you have that trend is happening all over the world. And they're being highly successful. They're driving more and more loyalty. So for, I, we thought the biggest opportunity was to create a better payment product for the retailer-branded mobile wallets that were growing rapidly. So
0: you've basically, you basically placed your bets in that camp now.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's the bet. You made a big bet and uh, that's what that's what we decided to do. Though.
0: That's great. Cuz we we actually get to this question of how millennial are you too so it's fast <laughs> that we are already starting here. So talk a little bit about then cuz it makes sense. I mean, you talk Starbucks, I mean, yes. Target's gone that direction, yeah. Walmart's talked about going that direction, the big retailers. You're here at grocery shop. Yeah. So talk about then what is the real like go go to the nuts and bolts then of how is the consumer interacting with this? Yeah. And then how does the retail actually put it into place? Yeah. And what's actually going on as all of this is happening?
1: Yeah, so let's, let's talk about like specifically um, what's going on now, right? And then what will happen in the set future. Set the table. Let's set yep. the table. Um, and I'll use, we're, we're at grocery shops, so I'll use something like a Target, for example, or think of any grocery retailer. Okay. Uh, there's probably two, they have a mobile wallet, number one for, you know, you know buy, a home, pick up. It's right. probably the simplest thing that's hot right now. Right? What is that? Is that an e-commerce transaction or is it an in-store transaction? You know e-commerce are more expensive. And, you know, if that right person doesn't pick it up, then I have tons of chargebacks. All right, so then they use a QR code to say, hey, you are who you are, scan this thing, Mm -hmm. and then I'll go get your bags. Mm -hmm. That's fundamentally what happens. Um, As you know, I can take a screenshot of that. I can share it. And what happens with most of the time is I come up and I say, I'm here for a pickup. I'm Rodney. I don't have the QR code. Well, maybe I do. Who cares? But here are the items, and you move on. All right. Uh, what's starting now and whether you're experiencing it or not is that they're leveraging our technology as a silent invisible authenticator. So even if the QR code is present, um, there is a signal, a digital signal that is bi-directionally communicating between those two devices. Um, so, so it's that, almost like a
0: fail-safe within the app design. I like so to say that
1: what happens, what's turning is the QR code is the fail safe. By the time they scan the
0: QR code.
1: Yeah, by the time they scan the QR code, it's already been identified, it's already been communicated. Um, but, you know, most, customers, most retailers are not just going to rip out what has been working for years, right? They're going to they're test it.
0: Right. It's kind of what's comfortable. It's like the airlines, what comfortable with the airlines getting on a plane, like it's kind of that psychological, it's kind of like how the airlines started doing kiosks in the beginning exactly. and has, still had people there just to make them happy. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so there's no real way, no reason to communicate a change in behavior. At this point, we're giving the retailers the ability to identify faster. So they're counting the second, right? If I identify <laughs> you at two feet, and by the time I do check the qr code it's it's we would have saved four or five seconds in that transaction time period um that's the type of data that's happening right now
0: and just because i want to make sure they they understand this too those yeah. listening and this is all done through audio equipment right audio equipment that interacts with your phone or how does that all work
1: so it's it's specifically yet leveraging the speaker and microphone on your device and or that other device, Or the other device, okay. Yeah, so specifically what's happening, you take out that QR code, yeah, your phone is broadcasting an ultrasonic identifier or loyalty number Mm -hmm. or whatever the retailer is choosing. When the store's attendance device get nearby, it starts to register that device. It starts to say, okay, Rodney is near. Rodney is now there. Rodney is completely authenticated, right? Um, And it is a digital connection that happens a lot before um, a, a tactile type of authentication, like a QR code. Yeah.
0: So what, do, what does that mean from the hardware perspective for retailers, then? Like, do point-of-sale terminals start to change? Do they need all of that equipment? Like, well, Where the, does this go in the long
1: run? The elegance of this is that we're, we're not adding hardware. Um, right. Mo- mobile POS systems, Impass. one of the number ones that we work with is the Zebra device.
0: Yeah.
1: That Zebra device has a speaker and microphone. There's no change in that device. That device, but instead of using that laser, that or that camera, we're showing that we're way better. So maybe next year when they order, maybe they'll order one without a laser. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Zebra would sneak, like attack. That. Yeah. Sneak, sneak attack. Sneak right. attack. Just transfer pay those payments. Just, just transfer. Yeah, I like that. I like just transfer. So, um,
2: is there anything going to change from the consumer's perspective, though? Like, what they, how their interaction is happening because of listener?
1: I think in the beginning, I know. Okay. Um, you know, I'm one of those biggest components of uh, uh, convenience is intuitive. Mm-hmm. It is not um, instructional, right? So people want to take out their phone and click pay. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do I think? There's an experience that's way better than that. Like, literally, instead of like trying to wait for the 10 to come to scan this thing, you just take it out and click pay. That's what should happen. Mm -hmm. Or when you're in the checkout line, you scan everything, you should just open up your phone and click pay. Or better yet, maybe you just put it all in a cart with a partner like Gabango, (laughs) and and maybe you enter a section of the store and you click pay. So we actually call these things, we we call them, we actually identified payment scenarios with Ultrasonic either two it's either pay point that's doing a transaction within a few inches or a few feet Mm -hmm. and then we have something called pay zone pay zone is where we can enable an entire area now, that's obviously future. That will change the way you pay.
0: But that's important, like with everything that's happening, with checkout free technology, walk in, walk out. As soon as you enter those zones, you can do this much faster, much quicker, and the yeah. consumer doesn't have to do as many steps, is basically what you're saying. You're smiling here yes. on the trade show yes. floor. Yes. Like, he's got it by jove. That's okay. Yes. No, that's why we thought this was really cool.
1: I love all of these fun uh, checkout experiences where they're making people walk to the wall and scan QR codes or like, scan these things or turnstiles that's because they haven't figured out a way to digitally authenticate you in space
0: okay so now you got my mind going there from a security perspective i've seen other things there where it's requiring facial recognition like if you go overseas like if, if you know it's my phone does that give the whole security angle a different aspect to this too or? It's, it's
1: extremely important right okay even knowing your knowing your phone is even better than knowing your face why is that? Um, because the liability of who knows your face takes the liability of the transaction. For example, if Walmart knows your face, they may, then the Walmart has to assume the liability of that transaction and the chargeback or the potential whatever. Visa or MasterCard or your na- network won't. So then the network needs to own that, right? right. So, okay, and then the network owns it. You see how this starts to become a big problem? Yeah. Biometric isn't the natural fix. It is a component of it, right? When you interest something like the phone, where we have years of experience of IP addresses, we have years of experience of data, knowing that that's your phone, and the biometric responsibility of this device... Of the phone itself. Exactly. It's technically much more elegant, much more seamless, much more uh, faster. So yes, if you want to go and install a bunch of cameras and own liability or transaction and do the whole thing, great. If you want to use an ecosystem powered by something that is actually really, really secure and powerful... We're the solution.
0: I'm all in. This I mean, is, it's great.
2: My question was going to be, what is the ro- what does the roadmap look like for you, and what's next? But I feel like <laughs> you've already been there and and back again. Yeah, no, I, I think so.
0: Yeah, like yeah. Visa's been a partner of you guys for a long time. Like, yeah. what's like what's what's next for you guys? What's yeah. the
1: roadmap? Uh, um, I mean, over like now and uh, over the next six months. Um, we're, we're in a lot of these, what I'll call um, buy at home pickup type scenarios. And we're being inserted into a lot of these products with some of the biggest retailers that you all know. Um, and I think by the Q1 of next year, you're going to start seeing it move from buy online pickup to actual like, uh, self checkout type situations. Right? Um, that's probably the place where I would say average consumers are going to get to it really quickly. And that w- literally within the next six months. Um,
0: so, your prediction is more of a self service type order pickup?
1: It's, it's just not even at a self-service. It's that, that's where they're going, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I think Target already has like 40% of their checkout, self-checkout. That's only going to go to 60%, right? It's, so it's not, we're not following or making them push that way. They were already going that way. But the moment you start to, the moment you remove the attendant checking your card, you're taking more liability, All right. So this is almost like an equalizer of that. Okay. Um, but we will power regular checkout experiences as well. Um, there's QSRs um, signing up. Uh, So those are the first, that's the roadmap. When will you first see the, the Zone? I think the Zone, there's a luxury retailer that will launch the Zone. And then there's a retailer in Europe that will probably launch it first. But the zone is really nice. The zone? Yes. It's it sounds, really nice. <laughs> that's the best
0: tease I think we've ever had in the history of this podcast. Absolutely love it. absolutely love it. So you're at, you're at grocery shop too. So what are you looking to do this week? What's, 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 what's happening for you here?
1: Yeah, you know, for, for us, you know, we, uh, hopefully I like to think that maybe some of these retailers have heard about us. This is to give a little bit more awareness. Um, we are signing up beta customers um, with this current um, product or current roadmap. And we just want to figure out where you all fit you know, in terms of retailers, they fit, they all fit. If you have a mobile wallet, you fit, whether now or later. Um, it, it, whether, the, whether you care about fees or fraud or friction, there's something here that you should think about. And I, I always say, in my pitch, you should do your diligence and compare us to a QR code. Wow, that's
2: incredible. Well, Where can people find you at the show, Rodney, if they're here?
1: I'm so accessible. (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) We know that.
1: Um, But honestly, uh, a quick LinkedIn message, uh, a a quick um, social media message. I'm at Rodney B. Williams. And honestly, my phone number, you should text me. And I'm that bold. Wow. Text me at 410-961-0659. And please, let's meet.
0: Also in OmniTalk first, okay. Yes, I know, OmniTalk
2: first, and now I'm really excited to go into How Millennial You? got it, are this you? is going to be because great. I feel like giving your phone number to all of our listeners might be one of the most, like,
0: That's
1: bold.
2: gifting and grateful <laughs> things that anybody's done, so Love it. I'm assuming you're going to do well in How Millennial Are You. Are you ready to play?
1: I'm ready to play. I play often. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, let's get started. So the first question I'm excited to ask, uh, when you go to a store to buy something, um, are you pulling out your mobile wallet to pay or are you using cash or a credit card most often?
1: I'm not doing neither. I'm probably trying to just leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, picking up something that I already pre-bought. Okay. Uh, to be completely transparent. So I you've already paid. Yeah, I do not like shopping. Okay. okay. Or by the time I get to the stores, my shopping is usually done.
2: Okay. Fair. I mean, I guess.
1: So are you mostly an online shopper then at this point? It's just, it's just like, I, I'm so, like, i give you an example. It's so confusing that people wait in Starbucks lines to then pay with their mobile wallet. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you can click, <laughs> pick up. And let them start. So you are
0: basically paying with a mobile wallet uh, saw so you yeah. ahead so of time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
1: It yeah. would yeah. most likely be a mobile wallet transaction. You're not pulling okay. out a credit card then, I take it. I'm not pulling out a credit
0: card. Which is still funny because we do this a lot, right? And I yeah. would still, what do you think, Ian? It's probably still 75, 80% yeah. are sure. still using credit cards. Yeah. Pe- Especially people
2: who work in technology. Or yeah. Have, yeah it's, it's it blows your mind.
1: Yeah. Stuck in
0: their ways. So yeah, We <laughs> figured you were going to go that way. <laughs>
2: So we know that you like to order things ahead of time, and so I might know how you are going to answer the next question, but how many times would you say in the last week have you ordered food or coffee through a mobile app in the last week?
1: It would, tell you, it would say 75% of the experiences.
2: Okay.
0: 75%. Yeah. How often have you ordered transportation via a mobile app, specifically
1: airfare? <laughs> <laughs> 100%.
2: 100%. I can't tell you the last time I went to a website and
1: purchased a fair. Uh, or grocery or food delivery.
2: Rodney, I feel like we're going to talk to you in like six months and you and Zach Norbiden from
0: Dirty Lemon will have figured out like text to fly or something. Right, text to fly. Exactly. <laughs> we might have to rename this segment actually. Yes. Rodney Williams. Yes, absolutely. Are you as millennial as Rodney Williams? It's wow. yeah. <laughs> amazing.
2: Okay. And then my very last question, um, if you could only use one social app for the rest of your life, as we know social apps right now, what would you choose and why?
1: Wow. It would be Instagram. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, I think, I think, I think well, it has messages, it has calls, <laughs> and then I have some visual content that gets okay. me through the day. It's also a news, I get the best news. It's curated based on my friends and the things they value, I probably value as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I had to pick, that's, that's what I'm gonna be. Instagram. Yeah. That's what we're hearing.
0: Yeah,
2: for sure. Who, who do you like to follow outside of friends? Like what are, what are some of your passions or some things that you enjoy?
1: Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I follow a lot of the brands that I like, which is, which is weird, because I think I didn't 12 months ago. But I'm actually interested in them now.
2: Okay.
1: Um, that was weird.
2: Like what they're putting out there, or just how they handle Instagram in general is just
1: like a both. Okay. Both. I caught myself following brands that I that I like.
2: Have um, you purchased from Instagram? Um, not yet. Okay.
1: Not yet. It's a little clunky. Too much friction in that process. We <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: you know you don't like friction.
1: Yeah. You know, I want to land on that e-commerce site, and I'm like, you're supposed to know me.
2: Yeah. Fair. I think that's... A you got to make it
1: faster. You got to sign me in and yep. I got to add this. Oh, see, lost me. I'm done. Yeah. I, I feel the same
0: way about that, actually. I'm out of there. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. That's... Yeah. No, it's interesting. There is now becoming a stark, I would say, clear pattern here where, depending on how you answer those other questions, you gravitate towards Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if you're kind of more like the credit card, you're probably gravitate towards like something businessy, like LinkedIn versus yeah. like something so truly social. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. interesting here. Wow, dude, that was great. I love that interview. Some
2: might say that would determine how
0: millennial you are. <laughs> they might. They might actually say that. They might actually say that. But what a great, that was great. What a great kickoff. Uh, what a great way to start Grocery Shop. Thank you so much for your time. Again, if people want to get in touch with you, the number is?
1: 410-961-0659. Awesome. Uh, text with caution. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> <Text> with caution. <laughs> <laughs> Proceed with
0: care. All right, right. again, it's been uh, Rodney Williams, the CEO and founder of Listener. Thanks to them as our sponsor. Thanks as well to Bango and to all of you, be careful out